0: dismissed while we turn to First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles 29, young people there in the back are gratefully taught on their level there. First Chronicles chapter 29. One of my personal, I don't know if you could go as far as to call it a pet peeve, but one of the things that I don't like is receipts. When I go to buy something, unless it's something I might return, but you know, you, you buy a, a half gallon ice cream, what do you really need a receipt for? I mean, they're not going to give it back to you if you come with a half eaten ice cream and say it's, you know, wasn't good enough. But, uh, you know, so occasionally there's an exception, but I typically don't like to get receipts. And um, so a lot of times I go to Walmart, or I go to the grocery store, or somewhere like that. I will say, uh, as they're doling it out, no receipt. Don't need a receipt. Just give me a change and go on my way. A few years ago, I was on my was actually more than a few, probably about 10, 15 years ago. I was on my way home from work. I had about a 55 mile commute at that time, and uh, just in the beginning of my way home was an exit with a Walmart on it. I stopped by to pick some things up uh, for my way home, and I remember that it was $30 and some maybe 25 cents, something like that, and I gave the clerk a $50 bill and the change. By the way, you ever want to confuse somebody? Give them the change. Here's here's a, a this is mean. I don't make a habit of this, but I've done it a few times on accident. You give them a fifty, they tack it, they punch in the fifty and the change, and then you then say, Oh wait, I've got the quarter too. You talk about all pandemonium. They can't. I mean, everything's out the window. Then they can't figure out what in the world to do. But anyway, I gave I gave the thirty and the the quarter, or the fifty and the quarter, got a twenty dollar bill back. This. Add, adding to my pet peeve is when they lay the receipt down on your hand first and the money on top. I don't want the receipt, all right? But now it's trapped, and I have to separate the money and all that, put it together, and I always have a habit. As I walk out the door uh, of the place, I throw the receipt in the trash. That's what I did this evening. I got my change, uh, got the receipt with it, didn't want the receipt, so on the way back, I crumple up the receipt and I throw it in the trash. And I'm on my way home, and I started to think, I don't. You know how it is. Just first tickles the back of your brain, and all of a sudden becomes a reality. I never put that twenty-dollar bill in my wallet. I didn't put it in my pocket. And soon realized that yes, I had wadded up the twenty-dollar bill with the receipt and throw it in the trash. I, being an ex-ommage, being a yoder, those are the two you might not know. But that's the combination of very tight people. Okay, uh, let's reword that: very fiscally responsible people. And uh, I had thrown away a $20 bill. It bothered me like you wouldn't believe. It bothered me that all that night. It bothered me for weeks following. I spent that thing 20 times over thinking, well, if I had that $20 bill I threw away, I could buy this and wouldn't, wouldn't affect that. Uh, and it bothered me so much that 15 years later, I still think about it, man, I'm $20 poorer right now because I threw away a $20 bill all that time ago. There's something that you are given every day of your life and too often you throw it away. Uh, Imagine every day, just this would be a great thing, but imagine every day you were given a suitcase of cash, $86,400 every single day of your life. There's only a caveat though to that. With that money you had to spend, you had to spend it every day. Whatever you did not spend would be gone at the end of the day. But the next day, you get the same amount again. Now, uh, you, I'm sure, would learn to spend it wisely, probably learn to spend it all, because otherwise it would be gone. And at some point, I think you would have to start thinking about the time that this gift will end, because along with that also you understand that you're not going to get this suitcase every morning. One day it's going to end. You don't know when, and so until then, uh, you get it, but you don't know exactly when the gift stops coming. Eventually, we would start thinking, boy, I think... I'd better lay up for that time that I will not have it coming anymore. Um, the truth of the matter is, you do get 86,400 units a day. In fact, since I've started talking, you've spent about 480 of these units. I'm talking about seconds. Every day, you're given 86,400 seconds. You must use them, or at the end of the day, they're gone. If you waste them, you will never get them back again. And if you invest them, then they can pay dividends in the future. But every single day, you do something with these 86,400 seconds. I threw away a $20 bill. And my question to you today is, are you throwing away your time? That's what we're going to talk about this morning, our time. I'm warning you ahead of time. This is an incredibly convicting message. Say, how do you know, preacher? Because I was incredibly convicted putting it together. This is not an easy thing to talk about, because it's something every single one of us deals with. But before I get real serious into this, let me give you a statement. The past, the present and the future were arguing. It was tense. OK? I just want to see how smart you are. OK? Tense. Past, tense,. Future. OK. All right, we're going to read this verse. First Chronicles 29, verse 15. Just this one verse, "For we are strangers before thee and sojourners, as were all our fathers. (coughs) Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. Father, I pray you'd help us this morning as we talk about growing and through our time. I pray you'd help us, help us to apply what we learn in Jesus' name. In Psalm chapter 89, verse 47, we're given a challenge, and it's a very short one. It's a good thing for us to, if we were to write it down on a three-by-five card or on a sticky note, (coughs) and put it to where we would see it regularly, it simply says this, remember how short my time is. That's what the verse says. Remember how short my time is. Time is a great teacher. Have you found that to be true? Unfortunately, it is a teacher that kills all of its students, eventually. And uh, we learn and we, we get a certain amount of it, but one day it is gone. It behooves us to be wise with the time that we have. Remember, the Bible says, how short my time is. There's also another verse that says to remember. In Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1, it says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. Remember, that word remember is essentially saying, hey, pay attention, pay attention, look around, wake up, realize that the time is fleeting. If I, if I had paid attention that horrible, fateful night, I would have noticed that one of my receipts is green, and not to throw away the green receipt But I wasn't awake, I wasn't paying attention, I wasn't remembering as it were, and and so that is uh, I was able to waste something without realizing it. Your time is passing like a shadow, according to the verse we read in Chronicles here. Are you wasting that time? Now, if we take America as a whole and our society, I would say, yes, statistically, we are wasting time. The average woman spends one year of her life deciding what to wear. I'm serious, that's that's a lot of time wasted. Actually, I was kind of surprised it was just that. But you'll spend 25 years of your life sleeping. Half of that as a teenager, but 25 years of your life sleeping. You'll spend 4.3 years of your life driving. You'll spend 9 years watching television. 9 years watching television. Two years of that alone will be watching commercial. You'll spend six months waiting in line. You'll spend eight years shopping. Eight years of misery shopping. Six months. Only six months you'll spend in church, statistically speaking. I think that we're spending far too much time on things that don't matter and not enough time on things that do. Are you throwing away your time? Now take this week. just Just this last week, Think about your life and ask yourself, did I do anything in this last week that counts for eternity? Did you affect somebody's life? Did you change somebody's day? Did you do anything in the last week that affects somebody for eternity? The bad news, friend, is that time flies. The good news is that you're the pilot. You can determine what you're going to do with your time. You can determine where the flight goes. Even though it is going away fast, You can decide what to do with your time. In his book, Overload, Dr. Richard Swenson discusses reasons that we have so much anxiety and stress in our lives today. He says that most of us are just plain overloaded. I think we might agree with this. Uh, We're overloaded with commitments. We don't so know when to say no. How many of you have a problem saying no to anybody who asks for something? We don't know how to say no. And so we say yes and say yes and say yes. We overload ourselves with commitments. We, uh, <coughs> we're overloaded with possessions. Our garage is full. Our closets are full. We've gone into debt to pay for all the things that we simply must have. And so we have an overloaded uh, area as far as work goes as well. Because we have to pay for our overloaded commitments and our overloaded uh, possessions. And so we just find ourselves consumed and overloaded. Now, I think we'd all agree that Jesus is the greatest gift that humankind was ever given. But second on that list would be time. We're all given the gift of time. The way that we spend our second greatest gift determines how much we will share our first greatest gift with others, time. How do we spend our time. Are your moments being spent in ways that fulfill God's will for your life? Or are you investing in eternity by investing in people? Loving your spouse, spending time with your children, witnessing to your co-workers, encouraging your friends, ministering to others. I'm talking about investing in the lives of other people. These things are what go on for eternity. The meaningless activities that we spend our lives in much of the time does not count for eternity. There are eternal priorities that must be woven into the fabric of our days, and we have to do that purposefully. Harvey Mackey said, time is free, but it is priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. Oh, the importance of time. Speaking of Jesus, I mentioned uh, him being our greatest gift. Have you ever noticed that in all through, If you read the gospel, Jesus was never in a hurry. I don't know about you, but I live my life in a hurry. And, and it's getting less so, praise the Lord, because I've been working on it for years. But uh, for much of the time, especially when I was younger, always in a hurry. I mean, I was hurry to get to work, hurry to get home at work. I'm hurry to do this. I'm in a hurry to do that. I'm hurry to do this. But you will look at Jesus' life. He was never in a hurry. Hey, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is dying. Come quick. All right, I'll be there. Three days later, he shows up. Lazarus has been dead and buried already. And he was never in a hurry. He, he, uh, Jesus, let's send all these people home so they can go get something to eat. I want to go home myself. Get something to eat myself. Ah, you feed them. He was never in a hurry. And yet, the amazing thing is, by the way, we live on, in our lives and <coughs> we're in church 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and we have a family, we have grandkids, and then as we get older, we think, oh my, the time is so short. I haven't accomplished anything that I wanted to accomplish with my life. Three years Jesus was in ministry. Three years. You know what he said? John 17, 4. I have glorified thee on earth, talked to his Father. I have finished the work thou hast sent me to do. That's that's fascinating. Three short years. And our Messiah, he said, I finished everything you sent me to do. How could he say that after such a short time? Well, I feel, I'm sure, that he used his time very wisely. When I was first married, soon after I was married, uh, my pastor at that time was helping me to create a budget. uh, We we were talking about financial things, and he asked if I had a budget. I didn't. He said, well, let me help you put one together. So we uh, spent several weeks and putting together a budget for our family. Well, the first week that we met, uh, he said, we're not going to do anything, (coughs) any planning, this week, we're not going to talk about your finances at all this week. This week, you only have one assignment. He gave me a notebook and a pen, a pen, and he said, I want you to write down every penny that you spend this week. Don't change your habits, he said. Just write down every penny you spend. I, t- I'm, I'm, I forewarned you, this is going to get a little convicting, okay? I had no idea the garbage I spent my money on until I started keeping track. And then, and I, I did, he, he told me over and over, don't you change your habits. Don't Just because you don't want to write it down, do exactly what you did, what you keep doing. If you waste it here, do it. Whatever you do, write it down. And uh, at the end of the week, I was ashamed to see the things that I wasted my money on. If you had a notebook and a pen, and for the next week, you wrote down every minute of the week and how you spent it, would you be ashamed next Sunday looking it over? How do we spend our time? We can't get it back. We can't keep it. We can spend it. How we spend it is the all-important principle. I challenge you to do that, by the way, for one week. I've done it before, and I don't want you to see that list, but it helps you, okay? I don't think any of us want anybody else to see our list, but it'll help you to to spend it. God warns us, and this is serious. He warns us that, hey, we have an enemy, and He says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And He does want to devour you. Satan will do all he can to destroy... Your time on earth. If you're a saved child of God, He can't have your soul, but He sure can not have your testimony. He sure can not have your effectiveness and He'll try everything He can to get that from you. If He can't destroy it with sinful living, then He'll devour you by eating up your time and with activities with no eternal value. And I want you to think about that for just a second. In this matter of how we spend our time, we see that sin and meaningless activities really create the same result. We think, oh, it's just it's just uh gaming on the phone, it's just, you know, it's nothing evil, it's nothing wicked, but as far as time goes, uh that'll give you the same result as sin will, and that will be a wasted life, wasted time. By the way, that's the purpose of our staying away from sin in the first place is so that we don't waste our time. Because sin is a service robber from God. You you and you you stay in a life of sin and you won't do anything for God. So many of us get so hung up on all the rules in the Bible, I don't like all the thou shalt nots. Well, friend, the thou shalt nots in the Bible are really there so that we get up off of our blessed assurance and do something for God. They really are thou shalt do's in a turnaround way. And so we need to understand time is a valuable resource. That's why we have to purposely steward our time, guarding against Satan's tactics, uh, living to accomplish God's purposes in our lives. We live in a period of time today like uh, may, it hasn't been a sinful society like this before, but that also means that there are opportunities to serve God like never before because it is in the darkest night that the light shines brightest. How bright is your light shining? There's, this is not a time to waste our lives in meaningless activities. I want you to think about this. More time <coughs> is wasted, not in hours, but in minutes. I wash my car at home once in a while. And I have this bucket that I use. And the last time that I used this bucket, I didn't realize it, but I always have one of the kids or something, go fill it up, halfway up with hot water and bring it out. And then I use it to, to wash the mats and different things like that. And so they brought this bucket out. They set it beside the vehicle. I was doing some other things. And when I came back, the bucket's empty. Big old puddle of water around the bucket because I didn't realize it, but it had a hole in the bottom or the side. And it was so low that when you're carrying it, it didn't pour. It just kind of leak slowly out. You know something I learned? You can kick over that bucket and it'll empty out or you can set it down and it'll leak out slowly. Either way it's empty. Either way it's gone. And we waste sometimes in our lives, we think that hey, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I'm not wasting much time, but in minutes we waste so much of our lives. How much time do you waste traveling down the endless rabbit hole of the internet? I'm I'm guilty of this I have to constantly slap myself on the wrist. Stop it! You know, I look at an email that takes me to this, that takes me to that, that takes me to this, and before I know it, I've wasted minutes, many minutes sometimes. We waste it. We don't redeem it for the glory of God. Now you might say, a minute. What's a minute? That's not that much. Well, I want to do a little illustration, and this is going to be super awkward. just going to warn you. It's awkward. I've done it before in church here a number of years ago, and it's not pleasant, but it'll drive home a point. And tonight, or today, when you're on your way home, or even tomorrow, and you think about church, you're going to remember this illustration, okay, because of how awkward. Here's what we're going to do. For one minute, I'm not going to say anything, okay? We're just going to demonstrate how long a minute is. Because I guarantee you, it'll be one of the longest minutes of our life. Certainly the longest minute in my life. So are you ready? Let's. Uh, I'm going to open my timer here, or my um, stopwatch. And we're going to start a minute right now. How much could we accomplish? A little longer than we think. And yet, days go by and we think, oh, t- 10 minutes down the drain, 20 minutes down the drain. This adds up. Let me give you a couple of facts about time. Number one, we're all given the same amount. God is fair. He gives us all the same amount of time. You do not get more time than you, you don't get more time than you, and you don't get more time than me. We all get the same amount of time. I heard about a, I read this little story about a, chicken yard, and I don't know if you've ever had chickens, but when you have chickens, usually you have a rooster, and that rooster thinks he not only runs the chicken yard, but he runs your whole farm and your household and everything. That's the kind of rooster we had. We had a banty rooster. He was about the size of a baseball, and he acted like he was the size of an elephant when he tried to run the place. But here's a rooster, and he's running this chicken yard, and one day there are two boys who are playing football next door with a brand new white football. And they're playing around and they're kicking it and they're throwing it. And one boy kicks the football and it lands in the chicken yard. And here's the rooster walking around this football, examining it. Finally, he calls out all of his hens. Come on out here, ladies. I want you to see something. And they all gather around this football. And he said, now girls, I don't mean to be negative, but here's the kind of eggs they're laying next door. You need to step up your game. Now, we can easily look at someone else's life someone else's success, and envy what they have. The truth is, we should focus on the fact that God gives all of us the same opportunities. He gives all of us the same amount of time every day. We're all given the same amount. Number two, time is a treasure. Time is a treasure. Today is... uh, Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. Amen? It's a gift. You'll never... Find time for anything. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever told yourself, "I'm going to do such and such when I find the time"? Guess what? You never stumble across any extra time. Anybody found time in here before? I, I have a hard time finding time. I don't believe we do. We don't find time. We make time. We make time. It does not just appear. Listen. Satan is very good at filling your life with all kinds of meaningless activities to make sure that you do not do the things that God would have you to do. And so we need to make time. Those who come to church on Sunday morning, they make time for it. Those who invest in their marriage, they make time for it. Those that are involved in the lives of their children, they make time for that. Those that serve others, they make time for that. We need to make understand that time is a treasure and not to squander it. Number three, we need to prioritize our time. Most people enter each day on a treadmill of meaningless routines. Every day is a repeat of the previous day. And uh, they go to bed and do it all over again tomorrow. Now, routines can be beneficial, but we don't ever want to see ourselves get into a rut. And you know what a rut is, don't you? It's a grave with both ends kicked out. That's all a rut is. We don't want to get into a rut in our lives. Our lives should be more than getting up, going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to bed, repeating this day after day after day. We ought to determine that our lives are going to mean something for God. And it all comes back to priorities. Our priorities must be in the right order. I'll give you an example of the messed up priorities in our society today. The average person watches 28 hours of television. Now, of course, we understand today's day and age, that's screens included. But television per week, 28 hours. The average parent spends 3.5 minutes in conversation with their children. That's some messed up priorities. And look at then not only the priorities of time, but the purpose of time. Time, however many years we have, is our opportunity to achieve success. But we had better identify in our lives what that success looks like. Of course, it looks different things to different people. Uh, but we don't want to come to the end of our life and realize that we have been living for the wrong goals. And so many people do this. They get to the end of their life and I've sat there with them and they are expressing all this regret. I lived my life to make money and to climb the ladder and I lost my family, I lost my wife, I lost all these things. And I had the wrong priorities. Well, you don't want to get to the end of your life and do that. What is your definition of success? Is it making wise financial investments? Climbing to the top of the ladder? Accumulating possessions? None of these things are wrong at all, but they really don't qualify for true success either. When your time is gone, so is your success, if that's your list, if it's just earthly, if it's just achievements here, uh, financially speaking, or positionally speaking. When God tells us to steward our time, He tells us to redeem it. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians. <coughs> We're going to look at this passage for a few minutes. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 15, Ephesians chapter 5, he tells us what it means to redeem the time. Look at verse number 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Success is knowing and doing the will of God. It is investing our time in that which will last for eternity. That's simply what biblical success would be. If, am I investing in something that will live beyond me? If everything that I'm investing my time in right now ends with me, then I am wasting my time. I want to invest it in something that outlives me. Deathbed regrets. You do not ever hear, I wish I had spent more time at work. But you do hear, I wish I'd have spent more time with the children, or I wish I'd have done more for the Lord. It is very possible... To live diligently for the wrong goals. Let's make sure we appropriate our time properly and invest our time properly. You don't want to come to the end of your life and realize that you have lived for the wrong goals. I wanted, I, I've always said the saddest, in my opinion, the saddest word in the English language, don't want to live. It. There are two ways to use our time successfully. Number one, this passage tells us here to seek the wisdom of God. God gives us a resource to help us steward our time. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a big list person. I like making lists. In fact, I'm have i still so old-fashioned that I have a book, a day-timer type book where I still write down my schedule, write down my thoughts, my goals for the week and my wins for this week and help me out with making plans for the next week. I like making lists. It helps me to formulate things into my mind. I don't different people are different, but I believe we ought to have a list of priorities. We ought to have a list of goals. We ought to have a list of ministry opportunities. We should uh, keep a prayer list. I think we ought to keep a to-do list and keep ourselves accountable. But we ought to keep our focus right. Plan your work and work your plan. Or you'll waste time. If you just allow you yourself to float through, Satan will make sure he puts all kinds of things in your path to waste your time. But in all of our planning, there's one ingredient we must have, and this passage talks about it, wisdom. When God instructs us to walk circumspectly, that word circumspectly means basically... Here, I'll give you an example of it. We are to walk with the proper balance circumspectly. Have you ever walked on a rocky path, maybe on a hike or something, and you have to kind of do some balancing and the rocks are different levels and make sure you don't get your foot caught and you don't fall? That's walking circumspectly. You're balancing yourself as you walk. So we're to do that, spiritually speaking, And he equips us to do it. He tells us specifically, don't walk like fools. Walk as wise. Don't be foolish. Walking in wisdom is knowing and doing what matters most. Walking in wisdom teaches us that priorities and activities, or teaches us the priorities and activities that have eternal significance. Wisdom helps us to avoid time wasters. Wisdom helps us to avoid being driven for the wrong purpose. Of course, wisdom that doesn't come overnight. Wisdom is something that uh, we have to grow in. Here it is again. We talk about growing. We're talking today about growing in the way that we spend our time properly. This doesn't happen overnight. Wisdom comes as we avail ourselves to God. We seek it in God's Word. Proverbs 2, 2 and 6. Uh, so thou incline thine ear into wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding... If thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord giveth wisdom. We go to Him for wisdom. God, what? Here, here's what I like to do. It's a scary thing. I can warn you off, because I've already said I like lists. So, when I leave, uh, when I end Sunday night, and Sunday afternoon, to do some work on this, <coughs> planning for the following week, and I'll have my days planned out, what I want to do on Monday, what I want to do on Tuesday, and who to visit and who to call and and uh, the plans I have. Uh, but if you've ever just said, here, Lord, here's my day, you fill it. This, this asking for God's wisdom, sometimes when it comes to our time, is just saying, Lord, I've got my plans, but let me give you a blank sheet and you fill out my day. That's not always that pleasant. Let's just be honest, because, you know, his plan might not be for you to begin out at Cook's Kitchen, you know. That's a great way to start a day. Can I have an amen? Amen. But God's plan might be different than ours. We need to ask His wisdom. All right, seek it in God's Word. And then ask God for it. In James 1.5, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Just ask. who he. he, Then he goes on to say, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Only time it says God's a liberal. That's with His grace. Amen. Only time. And then listen to the counsel of others. Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain to wise counsels, and then apply what you know. Proverbs 6.23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is the light and reproofs of instructions are the way of life. We seek it in God's word. We ask God for it. We listen to those uh, around us for good counsel and then we apply what we know. If you feel you haven't used your time as wisely as you could, if this message is hitting you as hard as it did me, then let's ask God to help us to apply it better. That's the beautiful thing. we got another week right in front of us. Amen? Brand new opportunity. That's why I love morning. That's why I am a morning person. Because mornings afford me the opportunity of a do-over. Amen? What I messed up yesterday, what I did yesterday, I can change today. I can do this over again. So let's ask God to help us. Have you ever noticed that a thing becomes more valuable when it's a limited resource? I was going to use the fact that, uh, use the art world because Limited editions in art sell for more money than those that are widely available. But I thought I'd use an illustration just a little closer to home. Sam's Club, toilet paper art, okay? When there's a limited resource, it becomes more valuable, doesn't it? I have never in my life thought there would become a day when I would walk into a store thinking, please have toilet paper today, please have toilet paper. But all of a sudden it becomes of a higher value to us, doesn't it? Because it's of a limited resource. Time is no different. When we recognize our days are numbered, We will be more careful to use each day with wisdom. Psalm 90, (coughs) verse 12, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. (coughs) I've heard of people doing a visual reminder for time, and I brought it in front of you today just as an example. They take a the 70 years, the Bible tells us in Psalms that we live, so, you know, give or take. But if I were to live to my 70th birthday, then they take the... Number of weeks from now till then. For me, it's 1,147 weeks until my 70th birthday. And they take a marble for each one of those weeks and they put it in a bowl. And so we have here 1,147 marbles. You don't know the difference anyway. I don't know either, but let's just go with it, okay? 1,147 marbles. And the, the thought is that every Saturday night, when you finish your week, you have to take another one out and throw it away because that week is now gone. Visual reminders help. And understand that this is a not a a unlimited supply. This is a limited supply. And so as we do so on Saturday night, and we have to think as we take one of these weeks out, I determined this week that I would do something with the kids, but I was just so busy this week. Problem is that week's gone. Can't come back. This week, uh, as I look back on this week, I, I wasn't in church one time. There was so much going on and didn't make it to church this week, but the problem is this week's gone. It's never coming back again. End of this week, it's Saturday night. It's been, uh, uh, you know, my marriage is hurting. I'll work on it next week. I just, I got so much happening, so much going on. I just don't have time to deal with it now. But the thing is, that week's gone and it's not coming back. I know that I need to start a diet, but I just really love bacon. Amen. Actually, for that, we'll take several out probably because that might shorten our time out. But you know what I'm saying? Every Saturday night, another week's history. And it's not coming back. And we might look and say, Oh, but look at all the big pile of marbles, but you know and I know how time flies. And soon this is becoming less and less and less. The truth of the matter is, my friend, we aren't guaranteed this at all. We might be pass off the scene long before this bowl is empty. Bible says, what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little while, then vanisheth away. We have no promise of tomorrow. And so our time is so valuable. Let us not waste this precious amount of time that God has given us. Listen, you might look at this and think that living with with an idea like this is a number of days, this is morbid. It's not morbid, it's motivating for me. Realizing that I have a limited amount of time here, what am I going to do with it? It propels us to make every day count for the glory of God. It reminds us that there's an end to our days. The the Lord says, uh, rebuked Israel one time. He said, they did not consider their last end. They just lived life and didn't think about how this was going to end one day. I don't want to get to that point and regret what I did with my life. Then secondly, we seek the will of God. Not only the wisdom of God, but seek the will of God. James describes the opposite of remembering The limited nature of life. He said in verse 13 of chapter 4, Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year to buy and to sell and to get gain. This is an example he gives, he says, of a person who just assumes that life will continue as it is. He assumes tomorrow will be there. He assumes next week will be there. And he lives like it. This is an example of presumptuous living. Assumes the success of his own life and presumes on God that he can live according to his own plan. So what does he say? Well, he answers his own example. He says, whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanish away. And he goes on to say, you ought to say, I'm going to go into that city, Lord willing. I'm going to do this, Lord willing, because really it's not up to me, it's up to God how much time I have. Something for us to remember. Oh, the wasting of time. Your days are numbered, so live with an awareness of eternity. Stewarding our time with wisdom, Means that we won't assume that tomorrow will be like today. You know, you plan for it. I believe it's important to plan, but we don't assume on God. Today's opportunities, friend, may disappear forever tomorrow. So grasp them today and do as much as you can for God. Tomorrow itself may disappear. Investing our time in accomplishing God's will requires that we pause to seek God's will. We don't. Uh, James here tells us in his past, you don't just drift through life. You think about what you will do. You seek God's will for your days. So I ask you today, friend, how are you spending your 86,400 seconds? You get them every day. You have to spend them or they're gone. Time does not become sacred unto us until we have lived it, until it passed over us and taken with it a part of ourselves. Oh, I've sat with many an elderly person filled with regret, realizing all the time that has passed and now it is, Hitting them right where, right at home that they realize they can't grasp any of it anymore. That's a terrible place to be in if you're full of regret, but you don't have to be because you can make the right choices today going forward to for where you can look back. Like my dad, I, I love to sit with my dad and talk. He looks back and, and with a, just a thankfulness and a gratefulness to the life that he's been able to live. What a blessing. Christian growth is an understanding that time is sacred. We have to come to that conclusion before It's too late to do something about it. So as we seek growth in our Christian lives this year, how about planning our time wisely? Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And we have to put our time invested into doing for Christ. Doing into what lasts for eternity. Nothing wrong with the other things. We can enjoy our life, I believe, and and God blesses us greatly, and that's all fine. Got nothing against fishing, swimming, camping. Got a little against golfing, but you know what I'm saying. Doing those things, all those are good things. But let's put our focus and value on spending our time wisely. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. The question's very simple today, friend. How are you spending your seconds? How are you spending your minutes? How are you spending your hours? How are you spending your day? Are you wasting hours and hours a day in meaningless activity? You can change that before it's too late. We'll have you stand along with me.